Welcome to episode three of season two of the Pretty Little Prisons podcast with your host, Wendy Watts. Today's topic, lust. At some point or another, we have all felt prey to this pretty little prison called lust. So today we're going to take a deeper dive into this topic and talk about the way forward. If you're looking for a way out, this podcast is for you. In an article published online in August 2014 entitled, The Philosophy of Lust, Is Lust Really the First Rung on the Ladder of Love? Dr. Neil Burton described lust as the strong, passionate desire for something, not only sex, but also, among others, food, drink, money, fame, power, or knowledge. Even so, lust has come to be associated almost exclusively with sexual desire as a strong and subversive force that is very difficult to resist. In Dante's Divine Comedy, souls that have committed the sin of lust are blown around in a whirlwind that symbolizes their lack of self-control. More recently, studies with MRI scanners have found that patterns of brain activity in people experiencing lust are very similar to those in addicts receiving their cocaine fix. In Roman Catholic theology, lust ranks number three in the traditional order of the seven deadly sins, pride, greed, lust, envy, gluttony, wrath, and sloth. For the Buddha, lust, in the broader sense of coveting or craving, is at the heart of the four noble truths, which run as follows. Suffering is inherent of all life. The cause of all suffering is lust. There is a natural way To eliminate all suffering from one's life, the noble eightfold path is that way. Lust, says the Buddha, can be controlled or eliminated by attaining a higher level of consciousness. So what is the way out of being controlled by this pretty little prison called lust then? Let's take a deeper dive into Buddha's noble eightfold path. Number one of eight. Right view or right understanding. In Buddhism, it is the relentless drive to fulfill our never-ending cravings that produces dukkha or suffering. Like a vicious cycle, instead of making us happy, fulfilling our desires only drives us to fulfill other bigger, more complex desires when we realize that we were not completely satisfied. It is only when we have the right views about the nature of reality that we can become free from the vicious cycle of suffering. Number two, right intention, right thought. According to Buddha, our thoughts are very powerful. They determine our mental states such as happiness or sadness and then our actions. With this understanding, one is then asked to have the right intentions While this means several different things, it is essentially asking you to turn away from the vicious cycle of craving and desire by committing to a lifestyle of self-improvement and ethical conduct. In this, the commitment to a life of heedfulness, Buddha finds the seeds of happiness. Number three, right speech. Buddha knew the tremendous power of words. Words and the ideas that they represent can change minds and lives, and so Buddha advised, one, don't lie, two, don't gossip, three, don't hurt others with words, and four, avoid idle chatter. In positive terms, we might be asked to tell the truth, 
be polite, courteous to others when we speak, and to talk only when it is necessary. In this way, consideration and kindness to others brings happiness to others and consequently ourselves. It's easy to see the simple truths behind this advice, even if it's not easy to actually do. But by doing things that aren't easy and don't necessarily come naturally, we improve our control over ourselves. Number four, right action. The Dhamma, truth or law, must live through our actions. Just as our thoughts influence our actions, our actions can influence our minds and who we become. As such, Buddha recommends that we, one, do not harm others, two, do not cheat, steal, or be dishonest, and three, avoid sexual misconduct and to help others to live a life of similar values. Five, right livelihood. In the same way, Buddha also advises one to making a living through legal and peaceful profession. As such, he advises one to avoid livelihoods that deal with one, weapons, two, living things, people and animals, three, meat and butchery, and four, intoxicants, such as drugs and alcohol. Something about our lifestyle and their ethical implications for those around us. Number six, right effort. Buddha recommended that his disciples make the right effort to get rid of oneself of <laughs> to get rid of oneself of unwholesome thoughts or to rid oneself of unwholesome thoughts to be to clarify words and actions and ultimately to perfect a good and wholesome state of being there are certain levels of effort that the buddha encouraged with the higher levels taking more effort and practice than the lower levels the lowest level might be the effort to prevent bad thoughts or bad things the level after that might be getting rid of a bad thought or feeling. Next, you would try to have good thoughts and feelings. The highest level, which would require the most effort, practice, and will, would be to try and maintain a perfect, good, wholesome state of mind and subsequently being. Number seven, right mindfulness. Mindfulness is one of the most influential teachings of Buddhism and is filtered into popular culture as well as modern psychotherapy. The Buddha felt that it was imperative to cultivate to cultivate right mindfulness for all aspects of life in order to see things as they really are, or in other words, to stop and smell the roses. He encouraged keen attention and awareness of all things through the four foundations of mindfulness, contemplation of the body, contemplation of feelings, contemplation of states of mind, and contemplation of phenomena. In a word, Mindfulness is about experiencing the moment with an attitude of openness and freshness to all and every experience. Through right, right, right mindfulness, one can free oneself from passions and cravings, which so often make us prisoners of past, regret, past regrets or future preoccupations. And eighth and final is right concentration. Right concentration is a mental discipline that aims to transform your mind. As the core practice of meditation, right concentration is a foundational activity within Buddhist thought and practice. According to Buddha, there are four stages of deeper concentration called dhyana. The first stage of concentration is one in which mental hindrances and impure intentions disappear and a sense of bliss is achieved. In the second stage, 
activities of the mind come to an end and only bliss remains. In the third stage, bliss itself begins to disappear. And in the final stage, all sensations, including bliss, disappear and are replaced by a total peace of mind, which Buddha described as a deeper sense of happiness. Is this realistic? Is this something we can achieve? Are we on the path of the Buddha? Is that the escape? Maybe, maybe not. But regardless, some good points and thoughts on escaping the pretty little prison called lust. Today's musical intro was provided by Toontank.com and the artist is Omka, O-M-K-A.